tied for the most terrifying day of my life. I was what? Every other freaking day of my life. <laughs> How are you doing, you wonderful nerds? Scott here, and it is day 13, ooh, lucky number 13, of the Month of Monsters podcast, Scooby-Doo podcast. I'm watching Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed every single day for the month of October, and I cannot believe it's not even halfway over yet. I am losing my mind very rapidly, but the good news is I have other people on this podcast who will help me break this movie down and bring in their own fresh thoughts. And today I have William. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? I am doing great. Uh, now, we do you <laughs> usually on this show, right? Yeah. I have friends from the internet on. Mm-hmm. But you you and I met briefly once, correct? Yeah, it was like randomly at a Deadpool party, and you were hanging out with like Ron or uh, Rod and Vince. And That's right. I I just saw you randomly, and I was like, I recognize that person. And it's like, oh, I'm subscribed to that person on YouTube. That's cool. And I was just like <laughs> talking you up to a buddy of mine, and he was like, No, I know, I know his channel. You don't have to tell me anything. Oh, I was that's like, right. All right, cool. <laughs> Yeah, that was a fun experience. I meet a lot of fun people through uh, through Rod and Vince. I feel like they know everybody. Oh know? yeah, um, I well, my buddy uh, invites me. I, I help him out with VFX stuff, so he mm-hmm. invites me to a lot of the YouTube events too that um, he networks at, and that's how I met both of them. And then, like after that, I start seeing them over and over because I guess like our circle of friends started getting closer and closer. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, thank you, Rod, for recommending me. This is exciting. This is like a random thing that he yeah. texted me. He's like, "Oh, you want to be on a podcast with uh, Scott from Nerdsing?" I was like, "Okay, yeah, that's yeah. cool. I'll do that." Yeah, heck so yeah. This is fun. I I'm excited you, uh, about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about it. I also am just like in my head thinking. I yeah. So I introduced you as William. Do you prefer Will or William? Or? Oh yeah, Will. Will works for me. Will. Yeah, that's what I thought. I just I panicked because I like. Oh no on, worries. Unlike my email, it says your full name, and I was like, it's probably that, right? But <laughs> it's good to know for future reference. I, I don't. I don't mind what people call me. It's it's whatever. Hey, you prefer. I hear you. Yeah. That's if you, how if I you am. enjoy calling me William, you, you feel free to do that. I don't. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm just giving the audience an idea of just how fresh this this friendship is. It's 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 uh it's like right out out of like it's That's like right. recently <laughs> unsealed. So That's is, right. It's right yeah. out of the box. We still have the little plastic wrap that we're slowly peeling off. It's a good yeah. time. This is an exciting moment for both of us. Yeah, it sure is. So, uh, the first question I usually ask people is have you watched this movie prior to doing this podcast? No. And like we were talking about it beforehand, be- like I came in with the assumption like, oh, well, this must have been like a 31 day challenge of just trying to get through this movie. Like from my experience watching it, if it, me personally, like anybody can enjoy this movie uh, if they want to. Me personally, it felt like homework a little bit because I was like, <laughs> okay, I have to get through this movie in order to talk about it on the podcast. And uh, personally, I I had a hard time like keeping my full attention throughout the entire movie. But yeah. I, I was like, well, I'll take down notes at the very least. I'll kind of like 
give me a reason to pay attention. So I, I did at least that. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I will say that has been something that that's why I've been surprised to get as many guests on as I have so far. I still haven't filled up all 31 days yet, but yeah. I'm, I asked all, I asked a bunch of my friends and, and friends of friends if they'd want to, you know, do it. And so far, almost everyone has said yes. Uh, in fact, I think everyone has said yes, which is yeah. so weird to me because this podcast does require homework. It requires a ton of uh, time from people who are pretty busy a lot of the time. I, you have to watch a 90-minute movie and then yeah. talk about it for another large chunk of time, however that goes. Sometimes it's been 40 minutes, but with Rod and Vince, we did a whole two-hour podcast. So. Wow, that's awesome. Dude, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. I mean, there's like the nostalgia factor. Like, I mm-hmm. I don't know if I know anybody that has not seen like Scooby Doo or watched it growing up. Um, and then it's this whole. I mean, like, you were saying it, it was like it get uh, it honored the original series. And my interpretation of it, uh, it has some of that, but then it also. Um, has this sort of uh, vibe of oh, it's a cartoon, so let's just get really cartoon, cartoony with it on mm-hmm. on a live action platform, you know. So I thought that was pretty interesting about it. Yeah, I think I I totally agree. And it was interesting because like immediately once we hopped on this call, you started like unloading all sorts of uh, thoughts and feelings and ideas. And I'm just like, we're not even recording yet. Hold on. Oh, yeah. No, I've had it held in for a week because we were originally scheduled for last week. And that's when I watched it. Yeah. And then um, uh, while uh, while you were getting set up, I was kind of reviewing my notes. Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's that. There's that. Yeah. So. But, so you were saying that you prefer the more supernatural elements of uh, the Scooby Doo lore, like like Thirteen Ghosts and Zombie Island in the first movie in this live action franchise, right? Yeah, I think like the original Hanna Barbera um, series, it was a little too formulaic for me, even as a kid, because I already knew what was going to happen at the end, so I got bored pretty quick, and <laughs> I got really confused on why Shaggy and Scooby never never got it you know like it's always it's always the first dude that you meet that that you know like it's always like a, a version of old man jenkins who you know yeah. from the, and they're constantly like spooked out that it's a, go- a g- g- ghost you know and i'm like yeah. come on guys you, you've been through this before you, you got it like it's, See, it's not real yeah if i were to overanalyze and i think i I talked about this briefly on a previous episode but i'm gonna bring it up again because it's my favorite if i'm gonna overanalyze those kind of very formulaic episodes where like everything you know it's always just a person in a costume at the end of it and but even in the next episode shaggy and scooby you think it's still real yeah i want to say and i'm going to use a really big scary word here that people are going to freak out about but just hear me out i think that those episodes are pro-science, pro-rational thought, propaganda. Now, <laughs> now when I say propaganda, people want to assume that that sounds evil or mis- like, you know. It's promoting. It's promoting science, which it's, I'm yes. fine with that. Like rational, logical thinking. I'm, I'm cool with that, too. And, and so even, even in the new episode, every new episode when Shaggy and Scooby are like, but it, it could be real this time. They're playing the role of like the layman or whoever who always just wants to immediately assume that like, 
yeah, okay, so that's how it was before, but how do you explain this this time? And then yeah. so it's always up to Velma and, and Daphne and Fred to be like, no, it's it's still, there's always still a rational thought, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. But remember, they also have a talking dog, too, so. I okay. Mean. So... <laughs> Here's the thing about the talking dog, and I'm giving yeah. so I, I'm doing a, a YouTube video in the future about the the genre the, of Scooby Doo, like a a, a a critical literary analysis of Scooby Doo, if you will. Yeah. Um, and I've talked about this in previous episodes, but I have not talked about this specific thing. So hang in there if you're listening and you're like, oh, I've already heard Scott talk about it. It's a it's a new <laughs> thing. All right. And I'm giving yeah. away too much of my video as I'm doing this podcast, but whatever. <sighs> um. <laughs> Yeah, you get some behind-the-scenes first, you know, spoilers. <laughs> nice. Um, but so the idea, generally, is that because there have been... A, l- a little recap for everybody. Because there have been uh, parts of the Scooby-Doo franchise that exist in the supernatural realm and parts that exist in the uh, r- like kind of real-ish world yeah. uh, where, you know, it's just a person in a costume... Um, Every new story of Scooby-Doo takes place in this uh, in this area called the Fantastic, which is mm-hmm. this moment of uncertainty where you don't know if the rules of the universe are the same yeah. and the explanation for paranormal activity is just, you know, rational, logical stuff. Yeah. Or uh, you don't know if the paranormal activity is real and the rules of the universe have to change. You have to update them because you discovered something that goes against what you thought was true. So the fantastic is this part in the middle where you're uncertain which direction it's going to go. Um, and that's where Scooby-Doo lies because it's had precedent on either side of those. Every new story is like, which one could it be this time? And I think that makes Scooby-Doo really interesting. However, people are going to point out, but Scott, Scooby is a talking dog. Shouldn't all of the stories take place in the paranormal area where the rules of the universe have to change? Exactly. I will say no, because the rules are are not that, you know, it has to be a one-to-one realistic world. Mm -hmm. Um, It just has to be realistic or it has to be, what's the word? Verisimilitudinous with the, which basically means like realistic for the world that they're in. They they lay out specific rules and they they need to be consistent with those rules. Exactly. Because in like a similar story with like talking animals, uh, you know, using that kind of um, uh, plot point, I guess, or, Mm. or, part of that world you would say then that any kind of like kids story you would say like oh charlotte's web is clearly you know it takes is a paranormal story then it's a it's a fantasy story because you know or whatever but i would just say no it's the rules of their universe and it's just yeah that's how it's supposed to because even still with scooby-doo you know even when things are explained away with logic or whatever Usually, the villains have crazy advanced technology that we don't even mm-hmm. have, but yeah. that's that's uh, that's continuous with their world. That makes sense for them. Yes. Yeah. So, like, say for the original series, they live in a world, a scientific, rational, logical world, where the bad guys have this crazy technology, and dogs just happen to talk, and that you know, yes, it, it seems yeah. It's established that that's how the world is for them. And then anything kind of outside of that, you know, yeah, it would either be like, no, it falls within the rules of our universe or nope, it doesn't. Things are scary and spooky. 
and Scooby-Doo exists in the middle. So that's, that, I mean, I, that's basically my whole video. So. <laughs> well, now Welcome. I know I don't have to watch it. I'm kidding. I, no, I'll, I'll I bought it. an orange ascot on what? Amazon what? for props. Okay, can I? Okay. So in the, in the movie, there's a yeah. flashback where you see like the gang as like, I guess, high schoolers teenage teenagers right yeah and they're it's it's like this this like special moment where they're remembering the good times i thought that was like a missed mm-hmm. opportunity where like they weren't wearing their original you know their original yeah. outfits i was like come on you know i wish yeah yeah Oh well, because they because they they did it for the first movie. The like the first movie opens with them in their like oh. iconic outfits. Oh yeah, did they? Um, I can't remember yeah, that yeah. movie at all. Oh, that's fine. They they really rush past it because like after that first scene, then they just do like updated clothing and wardrobe and whatnot. But I agree. I think I mean I was even paying attention to that scene this time around, and like the clothing they wear. It, it feels like no time has passed because like usually you would think oh the clothes you wear as a child would be yeah. like of a different era but it was just like no that seems oh, like something that they would wear you the know fashion stays 70s while everything because you see daphne on a laptop and at their headquarters and yeah. i'm like okay well it takes place in modern time but there's still like dressed up in the 70s like scooby wears an afro and a disco outfit <laughs> It's like what what's your opinion on like the Scooby I'm not going to talk about the CGI but like I'm going to talk about the actual like design of Scooby Doo cuz it looked like they wanted it to be like a somewhere in between like the original design and some mm. some and an actual real dog but Yeah. It you get to this uncanny valley where I personally think he looks creepy. Like really? Yeah, well at least he, there are moments where he, he he looks fine and he's interacting with Shaggy, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is adorable. This is this is nice. There's like this bond between these two characters. But when he's like dancing in that disco dance scene, I was just kind of like watching it and kind of getting creeped out. Like, okay, like I don't. If I were if I were like at at a like dance. Cl- club or a bar and i saw that thing like dancing and and you know all up in my face i i would i would just like back back away yeah. and you know but yeah. i mean that's me i don't he's the yeah. real monster he's no, the I real would... monster of the story <laughs> i i think no i so i i'm fascinated with that dance sequence because it it's very clearly a, a real person in a suit, um, yes. but but then they do the CGI Scooby over head the, o- over on top of it. Yeah. But are the paws real? Because I, I couldn't tell, but the paws are also like a different color than the rest of his fur. And I think it's because they're reacting to the normal lights in the scene. So it could be that they're like actual paw gloves, but it's yeah. hard to tell. No, I think that might be it. But it was, it, it was just, it was just really unnerving. Yeah. I, I think I I don't I never other than that like I never found Scooby creepy in his design I in fact there are some moments that I actually find very charming and adorable and I always go back to the the part where uh, Shaggy is like giving the little oath and he's like repeat after me Scoob and then Scooby just goes like and I just thought that was like just the look on his face he's so happy and he's just like yeah I'm doing it like it's yeah but I think a lot of that's uh the guy that plays Shaggy, uh, I looked him up, Matthew Lillard, right? 
Like he oh, yeah. goes all he goes all in with that Shaggy character. He like he knows what kind of movie this is, and he's like, you know what? Yeah, you know, I'm just gonna go on full Shaggy. And I thought he did a great job. I think he was the thing I liked the most about the movie. I yeah, it goes back to that thing. Um, I don't know if this is something we said on mic or, or beforehand, but I think it goes. You were telling me that this movie it just seemed like everyone was having fun, and yes. I wholeheartedly agree and i think the whole cast was having a blast with it matthew lillard was given three thousand percent into his performance he's just like let's go over the top and i i don't think i've talked about this on on an episode yet but the point where scooby is like slapping him he's like i needed that and then slaps him again (laughs) i needed that too and then slaps him again you're pushing your luck scoob oh yeah that was hilarious he like gets veins all over his like (laughs) face and his his throat and he just puts all his energy into it and it's amazing it's something about that enthusiasm that's like really endearing you know like mm-hmm. i i was like okay well watching watching the entire movie like we uh do you want to like break it down like from the beginning and yeah move you know what i don't think i've i don't think i've done that and it's 13 episodes in so let's go yeah. ahead and do that okay so okay let's let's go through my notes <laughs> i came prepared please do so the movie starts off with like this museum grand opening, right? And yes. it's it's like dedicated to to the gang. And at first I was like, okay, so I guess over the course of their entire history, they've become celebrities. Yes. Yeah. I think and that's I'm pretty sure that's how it works, yeah. <laughs> but I was like I don't know. I was watching. I remember watching the old series, and they never really got like that. Was like their job, right? Right. Yeah, for sure. That's how they. That's how they found work. And I, I'm also wondering, like, in a realistic kind of world, like, would you actually see these characters actually hang out with each other? They oh, just yeah. seems like such different people, too. Like, is it just a work thing? Is it just? No, I mean, they, as we go back into the flashback, I guess we see that they have been friends forever. Maybe it's just one of those things, because I, I see what you're saying. Like, it, it's good storytelling to have all these different characters, but yeah. realistically, like, all of my friends are very similar to me. Like, I don't have uh, friends who are just, like, way different than who I am. Yeah, I mean, like, I can't see anything that can keep them, like, really like how how do how are they relating to each other other than like we just solve mysteries like how, I, yeah i think it's i guess it's just the love of a good mystery with the exception of, of shaggy and scooby i don't think shaggy and scooby care care quite enough for it. i think they're just like you know we're friends and we <laughs> hang out a lot and that's good enough for me scoob oh and they're just along for the ride they sure are Oh, that's beautiful. Well, you know what? What if that's all it was? Is like everyone, it was, it was like they don't even care about each other. They're just using each other for different things. Like, all right, one of them owns the car. The other yeah. one owns the building that they all do their work in. And like yeah. the other one, like, you know, they obviously, I, I mentioned this a lot, but in the movie, they have their own fashion line. So I was like, I guess that might be someone else's job. If I were to stereotype, because yeah. the whole gang is full of stereotypes, I might say that's Daphne's whole thing. But I don't know. Yeah, and then they just needed a dog to sniff out some clues, and Shaggy was like Scooby's owner, so it's like, ah, I guess we can keep him along for yeah. the ride too. Oh, what if that's all it was? Is they were just like, yeah, we need like, 
they don't even want Shaggy around. They're just like, Scooby's kind of helpful. Scooby, you know, an animal's nice. Uh, we need to, we can't just have him, though, because Shaggy's going to be a lot. Oh, I guess we can keep Shaggy. Uh. I would love to watch something where they, like, actually explored that, like a robot chicken with, like, Seth Green just kind of, oh, my God, <laughs> Seth. So they had, like, a few scenes in the movie. I guess I'll, we'll get to it, but, like, they had a few scenes in the movie where, like, they try to make Seth Green, like, intimidating. And there were moments where I'm like, huh. This is interesting. Yeah, it's so his character's so bizarre. But yeah. like, speaking of like even that intro scene to kind of go back to that, where he's yeah. introduced at the museum and yeah. he does that super over the top fall, and he's just like, yeah. whoa, whoa. Whoa. But I, then <laughs> I'll forgive him because he gets up off the floor and like kind of adjusts his jacket in a kind oh. of like cute way, and I'm just like, oh, he's adorable. There, there were moments where like I laughed in the in, the, in this movie, and that was funny. Like, funny enough, like, I don't know <laughs> if it was because it was bad or it was the recovery that was, like, really well executed. Yeah, but the recovery was good. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, I guess, like, Scooby has his own fans that are dogs. Shaggy has his own fans that are potheads. Melba's yep. fans. Were they supposed to be lesbians or? that We've had previous guests on the show who have who've, uh, made that theory for sure. It seems that way. Uh, I, you know, it's just they're they're very much like a like a, a stereotype of like what people might say like oh this is what tumblr is yeah. like that's kind of what it feels uh, like to me like kind of in an insulting way in a little bit but i, yeah. I would assume that like over the years velma has had that sort of rumor or theory that she was also a lesbian but i guess they may have confirmed that she's not in this movie because she, yeah or at the very least she could be by who knows she could be by yeah, yeah. Because, well, I mean, she seemed like she wasn't into it when she was interacting w- with them. But then you realize that, like, she has intimacy issues. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. Like, I, I mean, in a Scooby-Doo, two, like, movie, we're exploring intimacy issues for characters. Like, what? Yeah. Like, when we got to that conversation with Daphne and Velma, I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> it's that that whole scene is has so many lines that boggle my mind like because some of them are great and some of them are like what like the one that i like is when velma's talking about how like you know usually when we unmask people there's like a shrivelly old man inside and daphne's like well it's the same with dating (laughs) (laughs) all right cool but then but then like then there's velma's whole thing like uh i'm not hot and then daphne's like me neither but you know dating is about hiding your flaws or something i wish i could remember memorize it but that whole sequence makes me awkward it's like it's about hiding your flaws and never letting anyone see them and they they never go because like that sounds like clearly a line that they would take back by the end of the movie and like they kind of never do like velma Velma kind of just yeah like (laughs) velma kind of delivers a a sort of thing where it's like you know next time we go on a date i'll go as myself sort of a thing Uh but 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 Daphne was the one who delivered that speech, and she didn't really learn anything from that. So, there, yeah. the, the, there, like s- some of the characters had arcs that I enjoyed, like Shaggy and Scooby, where they actually wanted to be a more proactive part of the group. Velma had her arc of being more open to people. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daphne had a weird arc. Yes, where she. W- <laughs> She was told that she, all she is is just like 
like who, who, who was the uh, who was the reporter? It was played by Alicia yes. Silverstone. Heather Jasper Howe. Yes. And she was what was she saying to her that, that she she's wo- just a pretty face or something she's like that. She's just a pretty face. And Daphne her reaction is like she starts having doubts about herself, but we saw like 15 minutes ago she was fighting a ghost. Yep. And I'm like, "No, you're the muscles of the group now." Like I don't yes. understand what 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 the problem is here. Like you, <laughs> like okay, I, this is something I've been saying for ages. But Daphne does the most on the team out of anybody. Well, She's, especially in the movies now, I can't yeah. really remember what role she had in the original series. Yeah, so I in the original she was very much kind of like a. Damsel a damsel in distress, in distress which yeah. is what they tried to deconstruct a little bit in the first movie yes. which is why they gave her all those like intense fighting powers which carried over to the second movie which yeah. you know she uses to fight all the different ghosts yeah including my favorite bit of the movie where she tries to do a jump kick on a ghost made of pure electricity and then it just doesn't work shockingly yeah <laughs> that was a pun um, i like it i like puns thank you <laughs> it was nice. unintentional <laughs> But yeah, I, I I will say I've been trying to really read into more of that, uh, more of Daphne's arc because yeah. at the museum opening as well, she delivers the line to uh, Shaggy and Scooby that image is everything. Yeah. That's like her whole thing. She's like, image is everything. And I think that is actually a, a super important line to understand the rest of what she does in the movie yeah. because she's always trying to stop fred from talking to the press mm-hmm. because image is everything and mm-hmm. fred is kind of a dunce when it comes to that sort of thing oh, yeah. uh, and she's also helping velma like do a little makeover because image is everything yeah. so I, it's weird like that line image is everything it's supposed to I, th- I think it's maybe supposed to be way more prominent to her character than it is because yep. it's not even because it's really Scooby that says it because she's like, what do I always say? And then Scooby's like, Where's everything, you know, <laughs> so but I think that's an important part of her character. And it only took me 13 episodes, 13 watches to understand that. <laughs> I feel like you're going to learn so much more like in the next how many days? 18 oh, more yeah. days. <laughs> Watch Don't remind me of the exact number. <laughs> so like, how's your how, how, like? Are you so you 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 you've enjoyed this movie like before before yeah. this challenge before? Oh yeah, I still I, enjoy I, it. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, I still like it. I still I, I talked about this. Uh, I think in yesterday's episode where like people. I did like a Q and a, and some people were wondering how I'm not crazy by now. Oh, yeah. It's just, I don't know. Maybe I am, but in my head, it's gotten to the point where it's just like, it's almost like seeing a familiar friend every day. Like it just uh. became, it becomes a part of your routine and you're just like, all right, time to put it on. And, uh, you know, I, I <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things. A lot of the time I'll give it my full attention. Yeah. Most of the time, uh, I will not most of the time, but a few uh, on occasion, I will like play it next to me. Um, as I do like other stuff. Cause I oh, also, yeah. I also run a YouTube channel and yep, I got to yep. get videos up on time. Um, be the white noise in the background while you do work. Yeah. Which I would just, I would argue is it's not me ignoring it. It's me viewing it in a different way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at this point you, you know, every single thing that happens really. So it's kind of pretty like, much, well, I mean, I'm discovering new stuff. Yeah. I'm discovering some new interesting things like images, everything apparently break that one down. But do, do, does anything change t- towards the end of the movie, like for Daphne, like regarding that theme? Like, I, I don't. 
I feel like she still really. she still has that towards the end too. It's like, well, that's the lesson, kids. Yeah, everyone else's arc. So like, Scooby and Shaggy realize that they're. It, it, they are screw ups, sure, but yes. really that's kind of the value that they bring to the team because they're not afraid to just be who they are. Yeah, um, that that was a, like a, that was a positive lesson that they talked about at the end. I was like, oh, which that's is nice. Yeah, it's awesome, and it, it 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 relates directly to Velma, who's struggling with being who she is. Yeah. So like, those are very two similar themes that kind of intertwine together in really interesting ways. Fred's whole arc is strange. Because I couldn't even see like, an arc. Uh, like forty minutes, because yeah, like there's really nothing going on with him until like forty minutes in or so when he says the line like, um, it might even be like an hour in, I don't know, where he says the line like, you know, talking's for wimps, it's time for action, and then that comes back at the end when he's fighting the Black Knight ghost, and the Black Knight ghost is like, you talk too much, you're talking's for wimps or whatever, like basically yeah. echoing the line. And Fred's like. You know, you can't fool me with that macho facade. You got to embrace your sensitive side as if that was his whole arc. But like, we didn't see that until like an hour into the movie. Like apparently Fred's whole arc was he needs to open up his sensitive side. But that wasn't that seemed like sprinkled on at the last minute. This revelation was not earned at all. No. (laughs) And then and then he. uh, (laughs) And like when they're doing the whole wrap up at at the end, uh he's talking about like, you know, I I always thought like solving mysteries or whatever was, was the best feeling ever, but I guess I found something better. And then he kisses Daphne. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) You guys have been dating for like this entire time. Like what the, how did, how did just, you just it discover feels this? so lazy yeah oh dude that was kind of my critique on on a lot of parts of the movie too like the moment that so at the museum they get attacked by like the pterodactyl ghost it wasn't bad enough that it was like a human ter- or a man pterodactyl it was like a ghost man pterodactyl you know what i mean it was just like let's Ooh. add that on top of it they're ghosts on top of these like crazy over the top yeah. things <laughs> And then I guess it yeah. leaves behind a scale, which like Velma, um, Velma yes. analyzes. And oh, what 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 the heck was that? Like residue that they find on it, they put it into a machine and then, <laughs> randomonium. Randomonium. And then the moment they talk about randomonium, and you're talking about like you know the thing I value about this movie is that they're very logical, rational, and it promotes science. But then I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah, but this this is like. This is the type of... It's not real science, though. It fits into their world. Uh, yeah. Pterodactyls don't even have scales. No. But <laughs> no. No, I, I, I want to talk about... I don't, I've not brought this up yet because it keeps slipping my mind. If they keep laying in all these clues that Patrick is the one behind it, right? Yeah. Seth Green's character. He's yes. the one behind it. And, yeah. like, the one I don't think they ever resolve is why... Was there a secret hatch for the real pterodactyl ghost to get in, which right. is where where they found the scale? Like, clearly, Patrick should have been behind it because he owns the museum. He yeah. curates it. It would have made more sense for all all the clues line up way better that it is Patrick. But like, how did Jacobo build a secret hatch for a building that he had nothing to do with? I feel like there was probably another cut of the movie or another script in the movie where they actually had him as the villain at the very end. But then yeah. they they just recut it. I don't know. I don't know what the history of the of like the uh, test screenings and yeah. all that is. But I that's kind of my theory. And they had a part. I don't know if. And they planted the photo with a young 
Who, what was Seth Green's character again? What was uh, his Pat- name? His name is Patrick. Patrick. So they had like this kid that looks like a young Patrick in the same photo as um, J- Jacobo, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know if that was to like throw us off because it threw me off at the end because I totally thought like, oh, okay, yeah, no, he's the villain at the very end, right? It but makes like, sense. It yeah. makes sense that because they even right as they're unmasking um, the villain, which yeah. I, I it still bothers me that the villain doesn't get a proper name. The villain is called Evil Masked Figure. Evil Masked uh, Figure. Yeah, you have like pterodactyl ghosts and yeah. Captain Cutler and all that stuff, and it's just like why? Well, how come the big villain of the movie is just called Evil Masked Figure? It's ridiculous. Yes. But as they're unmasking that character, they're like, uh, you know. She had uh, a an assistant, or you know, or someone to help them, a partner, and they like zoom in on Patrick before going Ned. <laughs> so it's just like, but if you had stuck with Patrick, it would have made more sense. Ugh. Nah, this this movie doesn't need to make sense. It <laughs> it, it, it tries like that's what frustrates me the most about Patrick's character is that he is solely there to be a perfect red herring and then there's no explanation for anything at the end because of death or because of Velma's whole arc where it's just like she has to learn to trust her heart not the facts as much and so he's like I can explain everything Velma and she's like you don't have to and that's such a that's so (laughs) annoying yeah it's a it's I I had weird feelings when they uh, introduced Velma after her makeovers quote-unquote sexy Velma. I was yeah, like, oh, oh, of course. It's Velma in the jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Who mm. is my mommy indeed? <laughs> oh, my God. I was like that after that line. I was like, what? What am I watching? What? This is... But the the thing that killed me at the very end was like when she like unzips it and she, you see her like turtleneck underneath. I was like, yeah. okay, all right. This has this entire bit has been building towards that. And I appreciate yes. it. Yeah. I love it. Well, it's so interesting because it's kind of like a, it's like it's like a comfort blanket almost yeah. to her, where she's like she even if, when she doesn't look like she has it, she's always got it around. Oh, just be just it's, be yourself, Velma. Just be yourself, Velma. Everyone loves you. Everybody loves you. <laughs> you have you have a big fan base who are maybe lesbians. It's unclear. Yeah. <laughs> there was there was a shot with like going back to Seth Green's character. There was a shot where he was. I guess like roughing up a uh, a goon or something like that. Yeah, right? like yeah, someone uh, like from the faux ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Did that goon call him boss? I wasn't. I couldn't really understand what that oh. exactly that scene was. I don't know. Uh, man, I I watched this whole thing with um subtitles constantly, oh, yeah. but I never I never picked up on that. I, I think. I mean, I think so. So like what? What exactly was happening in that scene? I got very confused. So, from the best that I can tell, um, if this car outside wants to leave, good lord, I don't know if you can hear it, there's a car engine going crazy outside. Oh, I can't. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, that's good. <laughs> I'll, I, I will not edit this out, because I'm lazy. But anyway, the best that I could um, gather from that is Patrick, I guess, just knows where all those villains hang out because i mean it's advertised as the faux ghost like it's this bar where all the villains hang out yeah good lord my guy did you hear it that time i I, I heard that 
Okay. They, they, he had somewhere to be. No, he doesn't. He's just driving <laughs> around. He's driving into the apartment complex at the slowest rate possible, but his engine is making the loudest noise imaginable. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, so the what I gather from it is that yeah, Patrick just knows where all the villains hang out, all the goons hang out, because why wouldn't you when you advertise it as, you know, a faux ghost, a place for villains? Yep. And he knows that there is an evil masked figure who, who is stealing his costumes yes. uh, from his, his museum. Yes. So it just kind of makes sense as the place to go. Whether or not they call him boss, I'll have to listen to it again. But it just Maybe sounds like, that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I kind of think you're right, though. It, it does sound like, yeah. But he was just roughing up somebody and just being like, you give me answers. You, you know, this is my livelihood and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Um, which is, yeah, like the fact that they would include that scene and still try to imply that he was the villain was weird because well, I mean I they think, made him look like a psycho like when he was talking when he was yeah, interacting with Shaggy and Scooby. Yeah, they they sure did, but but he didn't know Shaggy and Scooby were were there, and he was like, "Find me answers. I don't know who this masked figure is, but I need answers." And it's like oh, that yeah. alone should be like, well, I guess that tells me that it's definitely not him. I don't know. Oh yeah, because it's too over the top. It, well, it's just like why if he doesn't know that Shaggy and Scooby are there, why would he be pretend like you know? There's no reason for him to pretend to to look for answers to who the evil masked figure is if if he's you know if he is the masked figure. You like it doesn't. I don't know. You could argue yeah. that he's trying to put on a show, but like for who? It was coincidence that Shaggy and Scooby were there. Um, yeah. And then at the very end. He, he goes back and forth from being, like, intimidating and then, like, no, it's just me, Patrick, and then yeah. back and forth. And I, I was like, okay, I'm, I don't know how to feel about this, Seth Green. This this performance is, gives, yeah. gives me a lot of mixed emotions. He Yeah, he was very much – his character was, was very much all over the place. And because uh, there's even that scene where they find the shrine. Velma finds the shrine to Jacobo, and yeah. then she's like – who would be so obsessed with Jacobo? And then, and then it reveals him in the background. Yeah. Right? And let's talk about like, okay, so there's a part where like Velma is going to fall to her death, right? Yes. Be- like a few scenes before that, we see Daphne shocked by an electric monster mm-hmm. thrown like several hundred, like several feet above the air and fall, fall flat on her back. And then we see before that Fred being jousted in the chest Right? That's right. These characters are invulnerable. Like, but, <laughs> and then yeah, towards for the sure. end, there's this blob monster that's about to like suffocate all of them. And, like, one thing tonally, like I don't know what to feel because at first I'm like, okay, like these characters can't get hurt. It's a very cartoony movie. I like I'm not worried for any of them. But then they like set set up in a way where like, oh, if no one does anything, these characters are gonna die. And they get really serious, and I'm like, "This is yeah. very confusing." It's all and, over the place. Yeah, it's yeah. all over the place. Like, and like, what was at the bottom that was so dangerous for her to fall into? Because, like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I missed it. But I just assumed it was the height, which didn't really seem that bad. 
it didn't seem bad at all because like we even get to see how high it is earlier yeah, on exactly. when like fred is up there and like the the other two are on the ground it just seems like it's slightly taller like it's maybe 10 feet yeah. and like she's already hanging off of it so yeah. her feet are maybe like three or four feet off the ground at that yeah. point it's just like okay just 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 fall you're fine you're fine you're fine you're fine just, just do it <laughs> But the thing, and I've brought this up before, but I wonder if you noticed it. That whole stairwell was set up um, earlier when, like, when they first get to the monster hut area, yeah. and, and like Fred runs to go to the control panel, and he like breaks the grating loose a little yeah. bit, and it's like a weird. They linger on it, and it's like, oh, okay, that, I don't know why they chose to include that detail. But yeah. then, it, but then Velma falls through it at that point, and then that all that floor is also the thing that stops the the evil masked figure in the end as they fall through it and kind of get trapped on their clothing and whatnot. So it's like that is the most established part of this movie is that. Right. Floor lore right it's so weird I, you can't see me right now but i have my like hands up in there like come on like what yeah. what, what are you doing <laughs> thank you for the visuals i appreciate yeah. it yeah i just i i there's there are things i can enjoy about this movie but then it, it's there's just so so much that's like uh, yeah <sighs> if you want to keep me invested just uh, just just try a little bit harder you know what i mean because <laughs> Well, like, you're not. Like you were saying before it's like there, there was there was a good amount of lazy writing, and I, I don't know if it's like this idea of okay, it's a kids movie, and kids like kids watching may not care, and mm-hmm. and the fact that like oh, there's a there's a live action Scooby Doo that keeps me invested. I get that, but I mean the parents are taking the kids to the movies too. You might as you know like do it for the parents. Yeah, put a little bit extra effort in, you know. <laughs> You know what's funny about that is I'm pretty sure I watched this movie in theaters with my dad yeah. uh, when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and my dad is the exact kind of person that would love all of the childish humor, humor oh, yeah, in it. Yeah. And like, so he would be like, he would, you know, whereas I might walk away from the movie being like, um, you know, wanting to, f- I don't know. I always wanted to, I, I took after a lot of just like, the the mystery solving elements of yes. it my dad would walk away from it just being like uh, i like that part where scooby farts because he's nervous and i'm like okay, <laughs> okay dad <laughs> I, no, I i i also enjoyed the child childish humor i mean that was the thing that was keeping me entertained in this movie yeah um there was like a scene where they come in dressed up in the outfits like i guess they're, they're one of them's wearing like Oh, oh, it was Scooby, and Scooby's wearing Velma's sweater. Yeah. And wearing da- Daphne's, Daphne's boots. Daphne's go-go boots. Yeah. Go-go boots. And Daphne has this look of disgust on her face, but it's not because, like, a dog is wearing her boots. It's because that sweater doesn't go with those boots. And I was yep. like, okay, that's, that's some good character writing, you know? Like, that she's, she's like, really yeah. into appearance. And I... Yeah, image is everything. Image is everything. That's image consistent. is everything. Wow, this, it's so interesting how that like comes back in every part. Uh, this movie has so much potential, and I think yeah. that's that might be the frustrating thing. Like, like they're having so much fun making it, um, and like a lot of these like char- characters are pretty consistent for the most part with like who who they are um, throughout the entire movie. It's just there's just a lot of bits that are incons- inconsistent in terms of like um, uh, what were we talking about? Like the, the things with Patrick, 
like throughout the entire movie. You know, like I, I can see myself like enjoying this movie if there was like some rewrites happening. <laughs> that would be interesting. I would love to see you kind of make a content of how you would make the movie better, and then kind of like <laughs> revisit things like yeah. beat for beat. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, there, there's a lot here. I think you're right that there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of uh, missed opportunities for sure. And yeah. I, I think I, 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 there's a lot of little things that I've critiqued that I, that I think I would just change in the writing process yeah. uh, of like establishing things better, making sure that character arcs were clearer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe stop setting Patrick up as this incredible red herring that only exists to throw you off with yeah. no explanation as to what his motives really are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But those are more just suggestions. I, I, I would love to sit down and come up with like, all right, here's how I would do it. I, you know, I honestly would just make Patrick like related to Jacobo in some capacity yeah. Uh, or yeah, just because it would make more sense to be like, oh, it's the son of the villain from, you know, that they talked about before. And that's what I blah, thought. Blah, blah. I mean, that's that, that's what that photo led me to believe that. Oh, okay. And, it was like the kid of, you know. Yeah. And honestly, I wouldn't even do the Jacobo reveal where it where it's Heather Jasper Howe is Jacobo. I would yeah. just say that Heather Jasper Howe is maybe also like what if what if her and Patrick are like the children of Jacobo? Like that's how yeah. they're working together. But that She's was a still, pretty funny gag where it was yeah. like another. I th- that's the that that was their main inti- the main objective with this entire movie just to like you know let's just go wild go crazy. Yeah. It, just, it seemed that way, which, okay, I get it. I'm okay, I'm okay with it. It's just... Yeah, it's like the, the classic over-the-top, like, it's a person in a mask, in a mask <laughs> sort mask. of a thing. Yeah. You know that lady? That lady was a dude this entire time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And I guess they, they, they gave hints of it when she was, like, letting... When she was, like, casting doubt on Daphne. Like, mm-hmm. like, no, you're the real villain. It's like, okay, she's the real villain. But then you didn't realize in what capacity she was the original villain the entire time, you know? Yeah, actually, you know what would be a really fun thing? Uh, did you ever watch the the uh, the show what, uh, A Pup Named Scooby-Doo? It was, it was when they were kids, right? Yes. I, I've seen episodes of that, yeah. So there's a really great episode. I think one of my favorite episodes um, of the series is like really early on. It might be like one of the first five episodes or so yeah. where um, it's the Al Cabone ghost. <laughs> Get it? Al it's like Cabone. Al Capone, but, with, but it's like a skeleton. It's a yeah. bone pot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the idea is that it's very formulaic. It, it, the whole episode is where they give you like three suspects and yes. it's like, it could be either one sort of a thing. Yeah. And the revelation is that it's all of them because they are all the same person. They're all one actor ah. who, who like put on these characters and then it would be like, whichever one is accused of the crime, they would just yep. drop that persona and that person ah. would disappear forever. And I think that would have been really cool. Like what yeah. if, what if like, yeah, like you could say like, you know, Patrick and or Heather Jasper, how like, cause when, when Daphne goes in and confronts, Heather Jasper Howe. And she's yeah. like, you sound just like the masked man, the, the mm-hmm. evil masked figure. Yeah. And she kind of gives her like this little like side eye, like, oh, I think you figured it out. That yeah. would have been a really interesting, like if, if Ned hadn't stepped in or whatever, it would have yeah. been really interesting if we like, you know, if 
you know, in, in Jacobo's head at that point, he was like, well, now I get to drop this persona and do a new one or something like, I don't know. Yeah. Like it would have just been really interesting if, uh, yeah, if there was something more clever about it than just like putting all of your eggs into this Heather Jasper, how basket sort of a thing. Well, I mean, it didn't seem like the people writing the movie were that worried if all of our attention was on the Patrick character too. The entire yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it just seemed, because that, that little side eye. Yeah. It was very much like, you could tell that Jacobo underneath was like, you know, careless. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't care if, if Daphne figured it out. Yeah. Because it was just a persona and he mm-hmm. could easily just like remove the mask and never, never come back as Heather Jasper Howe ever yeah. again. And so that would have also, I don't know, that would have been a cool little additional element thrown in there as well but yeah i don't know i would have loved more intrigue and more like i just get so frustrated with patrick's character because it's like you could have done more with him yeah uh. I, I don't know it's it, just on the behind the scenes level it's kind of like the people making the movie really like we're, we're putting a lot a lot of uh we're trying to make this movie into something much better than than what it is right but in, in terms of like how producing like children's films work i doubt that anybody would it's more kind of like oh that's a scooby-doo property okay let's make the movie <laughs> like right. what, what, I, I i mean i would like there there's a reason why i really enjoyed like the uh zombie island one it was it it had a lot of those types of elements where they wanted you to think like okay you think it's going to be this formulaic thing you think the ghosts or the zombies are going to be you know just um fabrications and then you realize oh okay there's a supernatural element to it and the zombies are real and then you realize oh the zombies were trying to help the game the entire time because the real villains were like these other so it, it it played around with that element of like the people that you thought you could trust were mm-hmm. actually the villains all along you know what i mean yeah, kind of subverted yeah. expectations. And- subverted expectations, and I think like you're you're trying to have this movie live up to those standards, which I enjoy because I really enjoyed that movie, and it, it's 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 interesting. It's it's interesting how how much effort like Warner Brothers as a studio like puts into uh, their live action movies in comparison to their animated movies, like it, the. The oh, l- levels yeah. of quality are so different. Um, if, I mean, you can compare it to like the DC animated movies compared was, to, you know what I mean? I was like, just about to say like, yeah, you could easily draw comparisons to, to like, oh, let, let's compare Warner Brothers uh, animated movie lineup for like DC movies with yeah. their live action versions. And I know yeah. people are going to be upset about that, but like. I think it's a pretty clear idea that the that or a pretty clear consensus that the animated Batman, Superman, Justice League, all those movies yeah are way better than the live well, action ones. It's just different people running those different departments and yeah. It you can you can draw a comparison to even like the television shows like compared like the Flash like television show and the way they handle their characters to to how they handle them in the movies and same thing with like the yeah. DC animated tel- television shows um uh the the original ones the the, the Bruce Tim produced you know yeah. like compare compare the, the way they handle those characters to like how they do do the movies it's um 
I mean, I think that's that's if if, if you're gonna te- look at that type of evidence and just like take it back to uh, just the people running it, it you, you see like this consistent pattern of mm-hmm. of how how these movies are handled and how you know it's and how the quality is very different. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think if if we get and we're getting another Scooby Doo movie in 2020. Are we? I, that's interesting. That's what it says. It's like yeah. co-written and co-directed by Dax Shepard. So we'll oh. see how that goes. Yeah. But but I think it's also animated, but like 3D animated. Who uh, knows? Okay. There's really not a whole lot of information about the movie, and yeah. there's a good chance that it might never happen because I think it was supposed to come out this year originally, and it got pushed back a couple mm. of years. But um, it might not ever happen. I'm worried it's going to be like the new the new animated. Um, Grinch movie with Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, oh yeah. I saw trailers for that. Cause like there was no, uh, information on that movie until very recently like it was announced ages ago that's like oh benedict cumberbatch is grinch and like even just earlier this year like a couple months ago my friends and i were on like imdb trying to figure out well who else is going to be in it and they didn't have anybody else yet like so it was just it was just like and i'm worried it's going to be like that where it's just going to be almost no fanfare and it's just like we're going to get one name one big name actor yeah and that's going to be the selling point and we'll just do the cheapest simplest story and it's gonna be like minions-esque kind of humor and yeah which i mean this movie already had like minion-esque like with the skeleton men you know oh yeah definitely yeah but i'm just worried it's that if the new scooby-doo movie is gonna be like that when what we really need are people that like genuinely care about the property and want to tell a really good scooby because i don't think scooby-doo needs a big name actor to sell that maybe maybe i'm just being you yeah, know because optimistic well i mean if you think about it in terms of this is if it's an animated film targeted to kids like do, does the voice actor really matter you know like isn't <laughs> scooby-doo the thing that's selling it to the kids you say right? that, but like you're, uh, there was the the yogi bear movies with like justin timberlake as boo-boo or something like that so uh, did the i mean i i me personally i didn't watch those movies no, I, I didn't, didn't watch I didn't, them at all i didn't even know justin timberlake was a movie and i don't think it would have changed my <laughs> Look, mind but like you I'm, need I'm not the wait, demographic for it exactly when you have these iconic cartoon characters yeah. the only thing that matters is if justin timberlake is involved in the project or not so yeah. justin timberlake for uh velma that's what Just I'm gonna say. Taylor Swift for Daphne. <laughs> Actually, Beyonce yeah, Woody, you for know what? Shaggy Doo. Let, let's just let's create the most over the top casting for like if if like just the heads of a studio were like, who do the kids like these days? Oh, and we'll I'm cast just gonna them base it off of like just really popular like yeah. pop stars right now. Like you mm-hmm. already got Kanye. Get Kanye in there. Get get uh um. Hear me out. Kim Robert, hear me out. Robert Downey Jr. as Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Oh, my God. And then he doesn't even talk like Scooby. He just talks like Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, of course. Why would You can't tell Robert Downey Jr. to do a voice. He'll just do yeah. his own voice. And from that point forward, all Scooby-Doo's are going to talk like Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> 
I think, well, that's what happened with Iron Man, right? Wasn't Iron Man, like, really not written like how Robert Downey Jr., like, played him, like, before that point, right? Yeah, I don't know. It was kind of a, it was kind of a mix. I, he certainly, yeah. his, his acting certainly solidified how people thought of the character. I yeah. think, to me, a bigger example would be um, Patrick Stewart with Professor X, because Professor oh, yeah. X didn't used to have an English accent. He used to just be like have an American accent. Yeah. And it was with the casting of Patrick Stewart that every subsequent iteration of professor X had to be English. Well, I haven't really seen any of the, um, any of the animated series that came after the first X-Men movie, but, mm-hmm. uh, or after X-Men evolution. But I remember like I watched the original one that came out in, in what the early to mid nineties. Yeah. And, then watch the X-Men Evolution one and you know like the the voice actor that they got for the Evolution one like resembled more of how Patrick Stewart spoke yeah you, you know? have so to I, at I that point it. I get yeah. it no, that, yeah. that, I, I, well for me personally like I I, I, I like the, the fact that like this is so outrageous that I would watch it you know yeah. like I would watch <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. as like but who would you cast as Shaggy do that's who I've been trying to I've been trying to figure that out in my head slowly i think it would have to be another like kind of huge celebrity but it would probably be someone that you wouldn't expect in that role like doesn't maybe doesn't look like shaggy but like i don't know uh i keep thinking all i keep thinking of are are different marvel actors (laughs) but it's hard at this point because like who hasn't been in a marvel movie at this point you know i because i was thinking I was thinking mm-hmm. like you could do, you could do like a a Chris Hemsworth as Shaggy, and it would just be. Oh, just, just so cast bizarre. all the Avengers. As, just cast as... the Avengers, you know, like get Scarlett Johansson. She can keep the Black Widow red <laughs> oh, hair yeah, in. She can. She can look like Daphne. She can look like Daphne. Chris Evans can be Freddy. Yeah, you know yeah. what? Why not? Just get the whole roster in there. That would be a ton of fun. <laughs> and then they'll they'll all have like witty quips and. And banter and oh yeah, oh, I would love it. <laughs> and then they'll fight Ultron and then unmask him at the very end. Well, that's fun though because if you keep Marvel actors, you could just keep Linda Cardellini as Velma because she was Hawkeye's <gasps> wife. Oh so. yeah, <laughs> was that like one of her first roles? Because like I've I've noticed her like she she was in uh yeah she was in the Avenger uh, Avengers and then yeah. she also uh was in um. What do you call it? What was that movie? Uh, it was like the dad movie. Ste- like Daddy's Home, right? She played the wife in Daddy's Home. Oh, and I then, know, I've never seen it. Oh, I'm, I'm a sucker for like buddy comedies. Yeah. And I would recommend that movie to anybody. Dude, I, I've been trying to watch other movies that aren't this just to cleanse my palate. And I watched <laughs> I watched Game Night yesterday, which was... Did you like Game Night? I loved it. It was yeah. so good. Oh, I, 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 see, I love, I love just movies where like friends are hanging out. And I, you know, I, I should like this movie because it has that theme. But it goes back to like what I was talking about before. Like, I don't see these people hanging out with each other. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I get what you're saying. You, you're, you, you tell us that they're friends, but I don't, you know, they're, they're yeah, they they're seem friends like, out of necessity to the script. Exactly. It, yeah. I, you get this like feeling of, Oh, they're supposed to hang out with each other rather than, Oh, they, they're, they want to hang out with each other. Right. Right. All that have that common like. goal of solving that mystery. And I'm like, but, ah. I would say, uh, just to go back to your original point, I believe one of Linda Cardellini's big early 
um, roles was Freaks and Geeks. That's uh, a big one. I still need to see that show. I hear yeah. it's really good. And mm-hmm. that was like a Judd Apatow show, right? I think so. I've not. I've also not seen it. Okay. And everyone tells me to watch it. So maybe I'll maybe I'll try to f- search that out uh, in between watching Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed. Oh, yeah. I'm 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 still like amazed that you're able to watch this every single day. It's it was it was yeah. it was very difficult for me to watch it, and I was like, uh, I have to write down these notes, and I have to <laughs> now go back through the movie and just kind of review some parts of it (laughs) oh you went like back for a second helping of it or well i was like there were parts where it's like okay like we're we're talking about the randomonium i was like what was that thing called that that random that that very real element (laughs) yeah yeah it's like oh this is the type of movie i'm watching where they just make up stuff and then it's like because it's one of those things where you can't really follow along in terms of like trying to help them solve the mystery you know what i mean they just like throw shit at you and i'm like okay like i'm just along for the ride i'm not really participating along which i that's the kind of thing i like about like actual like movies that you're trying to solve a crime like you're kind of trying to solve the crime with them you know but this yeah. is more like this is a story that we're telling you just sit sit tight there's going to be ghost knights and ghost man yeah. pterodactyls <laughs> that's why i appreciated watching game night yesterday because it's yeah. like it's also a mystery with friends and yeah. that's that's very much over the top and comedic but yeah. in very different ways and i think it yeah. executed a lot of that stuff a little bit better they they just seem to have better rapport with with each other like in yeah. terms of acting but i mean it, it, it there is a, a strong parallel in terms of like it's the game night that's keeping these characters together when they're actually like also kind of very different from each other too you know it's like this one thing is keeping oh have you seen tag i've not seen tag yet i gotta watch that tag is kind of similar too where the characters are like that's the thing that's keeping their friendship alive you know yeah but they're they're all in different parts i would rather just talk about like (laughs) 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 these like comedy movies i really like this but uh, that's fine i mean i had an episode a couple uh a couple days ago where my friend joel and i just talked about things like steven universe and venture bros so we could it's... have been doing that the entire time oh, <laughs> all right. well did you have anything else? you said you took a list do you have anything else that you that you that's been you know burning on your mind that you I need to get I, off your chest i really think we covered covered all of it, it, it okay was, i mean this was just like I I appreciate I appreciate the fact and I respect the fact that that you you enjoy like does Scooby Doo have like a big place in your like childhood like is, is it like did it have a really big impact because I I was curious on like why specifically you picked this movie out of all the movies that you could have picked like for this month yeah I you know it's weird I don't remember the first thing that of scooby-doo that that caught my attention or that yeah. made an impact but i just there's just something about i've always loved solving mysteries i've yeah. loved i loved um like that those were some of my favorite novels to read growing yeah. up were were like mystery books um it, like children's mystery books that wouldn't mm-hmm. be like shout out to anyone who read the whole cam jansen series thank you um <laughs> uh, i don't know what that is <laughs> that, she she was a she was a girl with a photographic memory yeah. who would who would solve mysteries but her photographic memory worked exactly like a camera where she would have to close her eyes like a shutter and say the words click 
out loud to take like a visual picture of like so it was very much for children like it was yeah. very like you know it wasn't supposed to be taken seriously but it was all still a mystery and it, yeah. it was all still i read a ton of them and i always loved um you know that that kind of cartoonish mystery solving yeah. so like you know if you tell me to like oh you should read like you know sherlock holmes or something it's like i've tried but that you know it was written so yeah. long ago in like a completely different culture like that that the language just feels more difficult for oh, me yeah. to, to parse out yeah it, it becomes more of a chore in order to kind of like yeah yeah which is why i enjoy cartoony mysteries like yeah. scooby-doo <laughs> yeah I well, don't know. It's, it's something sense. about that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what. And then I just watched a lot of like pup named Scooby Doo and what's what's new Scooby Doo. And yeah. I stayed home from school sick a lot to like, um, you know. And then there would be like Scooby Doo animated movie marathons with yeah. like Zombie Island and Cyber Chase and all that good stuff. I just liked it. I like. Yeah, I don't know. I liked. It even just feels weird to say, but like, I also just, <laughs> I watched Blue's Clues a lot as well. That was kind of a mystery that you put clues together with. And yeah, I don't know. Like, it, there was just, I it's watched Blue's yeah I, I, there's just something about like finding things and, and making interesting connections and I, mean, I think that's a big part of what i do right now on on the youtube like yeah. it's not just i you know i try not to just talk about oh here's the interesting thing about this superhero or whatever yeah. but more like you know like this scooby-doo video i'm working on it's it's like here's a really interesting thing that i learned about literature and genre theory and yeah. how can i apply that to scooby-doo and like that's kind of like the mystery that that I try to solve and it's just like, yeah. oh, cool. And I want to make this connection and this adds up here and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. There's something fun about that. Yeah. And I think there's, I mean, it's a good thing. Like your, your channel's called like nerd sync instead of like comic sync, you know, like yeah. you, you, you can, you can broaden your horizons into I like have... different... I'm very lucky. I always hated that. I always thought like, man, I wish my name had my, my channel had comic in the title somewhere because it's not nerd is so vague and broad, but I don't know. Nowadays it's just very handy. Cause like, yeah, yeah. I can make it, I can make a DuckTales video if I want. I can Honestly, make a video about Scooby-Doo if I want. I don't know. I mean, I feel like the definition of nerd is just being like really just yeah, like enthusiastic just, about a subject. You know what I mean? Like it, exactly. it doesn't necessarily have to be what, is commonly like I, I know people that are like food nerds like exactly. you know like and that are this is that, man you are hitting uh, not to interrupt you but you are hitting yeah. everything like that i thought about when i started doing yeah. the channel because we didn't we do a lot of comic book and superhero stuff now yeah but originally uh our youtube channel was everything from like mm -hmm props and cosplay after yeah. effects tutorials because i was a huge like vfx nerd oh, uh, nice. we, ha we had a cooking show for a little bit you know as well talking about food nerds and like my 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 definition of nerd was like it's not a specific set of things yeah that it's not like comics it's not yeah. sci-fi or whatever it's just the, and being a nerd is being so overly passionate about yeah. something that it's it's all you can think about it's all you can it's all you want to talk about and engage in it's it's, yeah. it's about it's not about what you love it's about how you love that thing yeah, and, and how much you love it yeah and how much you love it yeah exactly it's kind of like actively wanting to be you know in that space or in that world and of whatever it is that you nerd out about and, yeah yeah well i mean that's the thing i love about like going to Comic-Con and seeing people like super, super like enthusiastic about the thing that they love and that they'll dress up, that they'll cosplay. Like I'm really lazy when it comes to that type of stuff. You know? <laughs> and, and like, and, and even in terms of like reading comics, like 
like I one thing, I'm a slow reader, so I know like I I try to I try to try to get into reading the Harry Potter books, and it took me forever to read the first one, and I'm like I'll just watch the movies, and I get it, <laughs> and I get it. Like there are a lot of people out there that love them the books on top of the movies. I completely understand that. It's just my capabilities can't you know. You no, know, I'm, to, I'm the exact same way. Yeah. I'm the exact same way. I have a friend who recently, I told them I haven't read anything by Tolkien. And yeah. so they were, like, they were like, you are not leaving my house until I give you my copy of The Hobbit and Fellowship <laughs> of the Ring. And I was like, thank you. Uh, and I, I knew that I would never be able to like find time to sit down and, oh, yeah. and read. But I, I, you know, I listened to a lot of audiobooks, so I got them on an audiobook That's format. That's the way to go. Yeah. It's just handy because, you know, I walk a lot as yeah. well to, to different places like nearby at, at Starbucks to write things. Yeah. And it's just handy to be like, I can walk and also get the story without having to like hold a book in my hand and like, yeah. you know, risk not knowing where I'm going or, you know, and yeah, I, I think, and I also want to just emphasize that like in my opinion of, or my definition of nerd, it's specifically about the enthusiasm and the passion it's not about how much you know and i hate people who are super elitist about that and they're oh, like yeah. it's they're like, like you're you're really you know, ruining the the fun yeah you know? like yeah like i couldn't tell you every episode of scooby-doo if you named a villain if you give me like four villains and one of them is fake i couldn't tell you which one because they're all <laughs> so ridiculous so i don't i'm not an encyclopedic knowledge of scooby-doo yeah. i just love scooby-doo yeah. and that that's that just to me is it. and i making a, a dumb podcast about it where i watched this movie for 31 days like i but feel like <laughs> this is fun. Yeah. i mean on, even on a, like a psychological level too it's it's trying to like understand for me like the, the thing i'm getting out of it is just trying to understand like where you're coming from on like you know this is such a ridiculous movie like why 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 pick this movie out of all of them but i'm understanding like your history with it and and that's that's the type of thing that is really engaging to me just understanding why people love certain things and like how yeah. they got into it you know yeah um, and I, see that's why i enjoy talking with other people about it because you reminded me of how much that i read cam jansen books back in cam the day jansen. So, i don't even know if that's the name it sounds like it's the <laughs> it's name probably just a completely different name it's like, it's like and, oh and no sorry it's like no it, no, it, it wasn't cam me. jansen it was stephanie photograph it's like shimily smickenbeyer Mm, i can't believe i forgot that name it's very unique <laughs> very unique i okay so just on a side note to talking about the lord of the rings books so you, yeah so you got the you got the books on tapes yeah i got the audio yeah uh you got the audio audio books i try to read that i made like a promise to myself like i'm not gonna watch the movies until i read the entire series i couldn't get through the, like i only got through half of the first book and i've never watched like a lord of the rings movie since then no. yeah. i gotta tell you i because i'm doing the hobbit right now because yeah. that that's the one that came before all of them and yeah as much as people hate the Hobbit movies yeah. and like, I'm kind of in a similar vein where like, I didn't hate them. I just thought they were just nothing super interesting or important. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but having watched them, it really helps me. Cause I'm a very visual person. It's yes. why I like comic books. It's why I like movies and, and stuff like that. Um, having, having watched them, it helps me understand, like visualize certain scenes that, that the movies put in. So when yeah. I, when I get to that part of the book, I'm like, Oh, I can, I can see this part. And, and I yeah. feel like I'm going to be that way with 
when I go into the Lord of the Rings series, even though I haven't watched those movies in age, I think yeah. I watched them when they came out yeah. and that was many years ago. So I need yeah. to, I need a refresher. Um, but I, you know, I would, I'm, I'm probably going to watch those first before I go back into the books just to yeah. give me like a, Oh yeah. I remember when they did yeah. this. I remember this exchange. I know what that looks like. I know who this character is, blah, blah, so blah. So that's, that's the way you prefer to kind of visualize when you already have something to refer to. Um, yeah, it, it it certainly helps me understand the scenario better, for sure. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I can see on both sides where like this is actually the first time I've I've heard of it that like in this the, like like when reading then the book version, you already have things to draw from rather than just kind of make up your own personal version of. Because I think that's that's the argument for most people that like prefer the book over the movie, right? Right. Um, when they are able to kind of imagine like the scenario their own way and characters their own way. Um, I get that to me. That just, that lends itself to disappointment though. (laughs) Like if I, if I already know that there's a movie version that exists, then if I visualize it one way and then I go into the movie, it's like, Oh, I had it differently in my head. Like that just lends itself to disappointment. Whereas like, if I I see the movie, then it's like, Oh, okay. That that's when that happened. I can definitely understand that. I feel like that was how like in the past I used to kind of view things, but ever since like a lot of like the new Marvel movies came out and they had their own takes on characters and, and stories that I started to be able to separate the two where it's like, okay, like this is an adaptation, you know, like Mm -hmm. this is a different version of, this story, this, you, you know how people say like, oh, this thing ruined my childhood. It's like, yeah, no, <laughs> it's like that thing is still that thing that you enjoyed. This is right. just like, like, yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't like that, like diehard of an Indiana Jones fan. But like when that fourth movie came out, it's like, oh, this is a new adventure. You know, like I'm. I don't know. I... Shia LaBeouf is here now. Oh, yeah. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> well, I... I, I will add two things to that. So the. The only the the most recent um like book that I read before watching the movie version of it was mm-hmm. the the Martian from a couple years ago. Okay. Um, and I did walk out of that movie. Uh, I thought they did a really good job adapting yeah. a lot of it. Obviously, the book is very long and it goes yeah. into a ton of detail about all the specifics of the science and yeah. the, and everything behind it. You're gonna have uh, to cut a few things out. You're yeah. gonna have to cut a few things out. <laughs> but I, I watched it in a theater, and as soon as the movie ended, uh, some people in front of me got up and they're just like, "Man, I can't believe they didn't do this, and I can't believe they didn't do that." Whereas yeah. I was sitting there and I was just like, "I don't know. I thought it was a pr- I thought it was pretty good. Like yeah. they did they did what they could. They kept they kept yeah. the necessary bits and changed things for the movie and yeah. blah blah blah." Well, so I, I, I feel just, like yeah. you understand the filmmaking process enough where you you understand that there has to be trade offs and you have to kind of sacrifice one thing if you're trying to tell this other thing, you know. Yeah, I also felt like I, I got a vibe from those specific people where they just wanted to show that they were smart and had oh, read the book. And you so heard it just, in the tone of their voice. They were just like, "Well, in the book, it did this," and yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, but like, I don't know. It was. I thought it was good. Like, you know. Yeah. I also yeah. I also read the book. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That scene wasn't necessary. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, oh man, yeah. I I, I kind of hear people like that in the theaters at uh at like the end of marvel movies too like oh that's this character like Mm -hmm. you don't know about this character but i know about this character (laughs) oh god i uh i will tell you my most embarrassing story involving that this was like 
way back Avengers one. Yeah. First time seeing it. Yeah. I was like the resident nerd of my group. Yeah. And so when they did the big post or it was the mid credit sting with Thanos, the big Thanos reveal, Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't say it was Thanos, right? Nope. And the movie, people were still kind of like crowded and kind of or like the people were still chattering a bit when yeah. that scene popped up. So I couldn't hear the first part about them saying like, you know, to, to try and conquer Earth is to the court, court death, death. Yeah. you know. So I didn't hear that part. All I saw was this big kind of reddish figure because he was yeah. colored more red. <laughs> oh, yeah. Turning yeah. around with like a more with like a, you know, a wrinkled chin and just yeah. smiling. Yeah. And I didn't recognize it as Thanos. So when yeah. when my friends like shouted out in the theater, it's like, can a nerd tell me who that was? I was just like, <laughs> my first thing, I wanted to be the nerd that said it. My very first thing was, it's a scroll. And <laughs> it wasn't, scroll. it wasn't a scroll. Did you, it did was you scream out, it's a scroll? I sure did. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That was, and then like You're the day after, my, I, I'm a fake fan. You're a the fake day after, fan. The day Ugh. after my friend uh, came to my room, uh, we were in college and he was just like, yeah. Scott, I, I don't think that was a scroll. I think that was Thanos. And I was like, oh, oh, dang <laughs> oh, it. man. <laughs> it was like this wave of like, oh, oh, like excitement. Like, oh, yeah. Thanos. And then it just remembered me being an idiot. It's like, oh, dang. Uh, <laughs> I'm a moron. Well, like, here's the thing. I feel like the majority of the people that walked out of the theater that didn't know who that was, like, oh, okay, now I learned something. And then yeah. I think they 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 really don't. I mean, like, if you're, like, I think it was during a time, I feel like more people now are more into, like, the property and into, like, um, the whole uh, Marvel universe, but I feel like at the time when the Avengers came out, no one really cared. It was just like, oh, okay, that's a scroll. I don't know what well, that is. Okay, bye. You know. So, <laughs> so there, there was a phrase I can't remember who said it, but I've seen it a bunch on the internet that is just so hilariously true, which is that uh, you know. As nobody's an expert on a character until they pop up in a trailer or a post credit scene and then suddenly <laughs> everyone's an expert right? and, and that and that doesn't mean like I, and the way that I interpret that quote is sarcastically like yeah. everyone understands a surface level understanding of this character because oh, yeah. because of articles and, and YouTube videos but no one's like uh, and everyone thinks they're an expert on oh, it yeah. because of this stuff but and, and again I'm not trying to be elitist and be like mm, you're not a real real fan of Thanos if you thought he was a scroll or whatever. No, I, I mean, the but point it, is just like, let's not be like, act as if we're, we're all like high and mighty about like, no, knowing yes. about this. It's like, this is one thing. This is all fiction. It's, you know, yeah. what I mean? it's, like, <laughs> it's something that's supposed to be fun. And let, can, yeah. can we just leave it at that? <laughs> and it's like, so the way that I interpret that is, is more so like, um, you know, everyone, like if if I see something in a post credit scene like that's yeah. a character that I don't I don't quite know, yeah. then all this then like you know so many articles and you know blog posts will be written about it that like I'll get a I'll get a, a, a sort of understanding of it so that you know if I were an obnoxious type of person I might go around and pretend and like claim to be like mm, I know everything about mm. this character mm, to quiz me <laughs> because and because those are the types of people that I feel like hold like the knowledge above the passion of like fan like they're just like yeah. you're not a fan unless you know everything that I know oh. about this character I went out of my way to google this character what did you do <laughs> nothing <laughs> what did you do? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I recently 
basically got into like just I, I got like Reddit on my phone and I'm like just like a scrolling machine just because I got bored. But I recently discovered this like term called I'm like a casual nerd and I'm a casual internet person, so I'll like know like bits and pieces, but I'm not like at the level that like you know or or any of the experts. Like in terms of like reading comic books, like. Like again, I'm a slow reader, so I'm like on like Comic Storian or like Comics Explained, and they'll just like give me like the stories that I need to know in the Cliff Notes version. But going back to the topic on on uh, Reddit, I discovered this like subreddit called Gatekeeping, and that's exactly what that is. It's it's. Ugh. Have you heard of that? Like I've heard of that term before. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. It's like. <laughs> Like, only people that know this amount of knowledge about this particular subject can be allowed to discuss and be a part of the community. It's just like... It, it <laughs> frustrates me, especially when it when it when it's aimed at kids. Because, yeah. the, like, adult... Because if you're an adult fan of something, yeah. of course you're going to have more knowledge about that thing exactly. than a child. But exactly. if a child, if a child like loves Doctor Who because yeah. they just like think the monsters are fun and think the doctor is silly or whatever, yeah. and they just like the idea of like time traveling adventure, yeah. stop quizzing them on a 50 year old property. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like, it's funny too because the, it seems like at least the people that I've met that act that way think that that makes them look like this amazing outstanding person it really has yeah, the opposite they're so effect. proud <laughs> yeah it's like hmm you have a you lot of things you need to work on buddy you don't look cool and suave and sophisticated yeah. you look like a dick you look like a dick yeah it's uh, uh yeah I, I yeah. mean, it, we're people. Everyone's but, in, insecure in their own way, and and they're they think the way to solve that insecurity is to be yeah. super knowledgeable about you know. I get it. I, I feel yeah. like yeah, it's it, it's definitely insecurities and being like, this is the one thing I've dedicated my life to. Please let me have this. Please let me. Have this now. Please but, don't challenge this. <laughs> to cycle it. Uh, to circle it back around to Scooby Doo, I will say, <laughs> I will say, it hasn't arrived yet. Yeah. But I did order the novelization of the film. Are you serious? So I can, yes. <laughs> so I can read through that, and I yeah. can officially tell you. I can do my pushing up the glasses nerd line of yeah. mm, the book was better. <laughs> the book was better. Mm-hmm. They really fleshed out these these character <laughs> moments. Fred Fred got a proper arc, and 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 Daphne kept saying that image is everything throughout the whole thing, so that you know, you know, that's what she was. No. About. Mm. Oh, that sounds <laughs> splendid. Uh, well, it's. I feel like we should wrap it up here. We, we went on a big old Be- tangent, and I loved it. <laughs> the moment we stopped talking about Scooby Doo was the moment I started getting excited about like what. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to talk about nerd culture. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you so much for for joining. Uh, this was super fun. Uh, oh, I'm, and- glad you, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad. At least I. I made it fun for you yes i I loved it where can people find you on the internet do you have internet uh handles here's the thing (laughs) i've been working in the animation industry for like since 2010 and like i've done like illustrating i've done like storyboards and all that stuff i have never like made my own website or like an Instagram or anything like that. And I've been meaning to for years. And at this point I'm like, you know what? I probably won't ever do it. 
It's been eight years and I haven't done it. So I'm like, maybe yeah. I'll eventually do it. And uh, if we ever get to talk about nerd nerd stuff again, uh, I'll I'll have something to, to actually have people find me. But I, I enjoy my privacy right now. You know what? That's honestly fair. How about in place of that, uh, do you want to recommend something uh, maybe that you're enjoying recently that people can check out in between uh, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed? <laughs> Uh, in terms of like uh, uh, a really just entertainment thing, yeah, really uh, just any kind of entertainment. It could be another movie, it could be a show, it could be a YouTube thing, it could be an album that you like. I don't know. I just want to give some. I want to give people something to to search out and seek out after this. Oh, dude! Like in terms of a, uh, let's say I've been watching um this anime called uh, My Hero Academia, but I feel like a lot of people that may listen to this already know about it, but. I, I guess oh, I'll sure. <laughs> just keep, just I, keep watching that anime. It's keep, great. Keep watching it. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's one. I don't watch anime uh, yeah. for, for reasons that I don't want to get into, but okay. like it, that's, that's one of the two that everyone tells me I should watch because I like superhero things. And so obviously I would like that. So yeah. I don't know, maybe someday. And one punch man season two should be coming out eventually. That's from the other one that people tell me <laughs> <laughs> they're both, they're both really good. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Oh, you nailed it. Two for yeah. two. Fantastic. Uh, Will, thank you so much for joining. Do you want to join me in unison as we do our best? Oh, actually, no, I can't do that yet because I keep forgetting to do to plug my own stuff. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Uh, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Scott Nicewander. It's in the show notes uh, if, you, if you're curious on how to spell my last name. It's, it's a bit of a nightmare, but you can follow me there. Um, and uh, I appreciate all of the reviews that we're getting in. Uh, I want to do another episode where I just read off some fun reviews, especially if you have how you know ways that you would pitch a third movie in this series, assuming that it took place in 2006 or 2007, just a couple of years after the second one came out. I would love to know what your thoughts would be on that uh, or just any other ideas, uh, criticisms, critiques, and, and uh, theories that you have about this movie. Let me know them all. I would love to hear your thoughts. And of course, the ultimate goal of this podcast is to have somebody who worked on this movie be on this show because it doesn't matter what they did. It could be an actor, could be uh, a writer. That would be fun. Uh, or anyone at all who worked in any capacity on this movie. I want to talk to them. I want to pick their brain. I want to know what it was like working on this iconic, on this quintessential movie of our, of a generation. I will say this national treasure. That's right. Of filmmaking. <laughs> it sure is. Uh, so if you know anyone or if you are that person, uh, let me know. And I would love to have you on. I'd love to host you or host that person that, you know, it would be a ton of fun. But anyway, as we wrap it up, Will, would you like to join me as we do our best Scooby Dooby Doo? Yes. All right, here we go. Scooby Dooby Doo. Dooby. 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 Doo